What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 15 of the Jibs Podcast. I am here with Stephen Mazur, the founder of Ashenary. It's just about getting up and doing it and, like, you know, finding the time, finding the people, and making it happen. You take control and you say, okay, this needs to be done, and you do it. And you're never ready to start a business. You <laughs> just either, you either do it or you don't. Welcome to the Jibs Podcast, showcasing Detroit's movers and shakers, bringing you stories that reveal the gusto and grit that's long defined the city and its people. Together, we'll uncover the history and direction of the Motor City, one voice at a time. This is the Jibs Podcast with Jabron Ahmed. Today. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm actually really excited about this episode. And the reason is because um, okay, so the startup scene is growing rapidly in Detroit for right? sure um, for the past couple of years. But I feel like um, there are a lot of startups that kind of are leading that way because they've been around longer than the other startups. That's kind of how I see you as, as um, the startup that a lot of other companies look up to. Um, to kind of want to be like and want to grow like. Uh, so I'm super excited. Uh, so S- Stephen, can you kind of tell us about who you are and how Ashenary started? Yeah, so to your first point, it's, it's funny you say that and I appreciate the compliment. Um, we, we hope we can be part of the startup community here and, and lead the way, like you said, for many, many more companies in apparel and outside of it. At the same time, when we first, Eric and I, my co-founder, we first moved back to Detroit for me and for him the first time in 2013, and we worked for another company, and it was a startup uh, in the city, and that really is what taught us what it takes to build our own company. So I think we had the same companies that we looked up to, that we learned from, we spent our start of our careers working for them, and I think the best way to really learn what it takes to build a company is just join one and help from the ground floor. Um, so, jumping into it, Ash and Erie makes clothes for shorter guys. We, our goal is to be the first major brand specifically for men 5'8 and below. Starting with casual button downs, meant to be worn untucked. I'm wearing one today. You see the sleeve length, if it was rolled down, is actually correct. The proportions work. It's not too long, it's not too baggy. Everything's really scaled in proportion for guys 5'8 and below. Whereas traditional clothes are made for men that are 5'10, 6 foot, even on the smaller side, even an extra small. Um, since we launched, we had casual shirts. We now offer denim jeans that go from 28 to 38 waist, but inseams from 25 to 29. Uh, we make those in America. Very proud of the product that is made in America right now. And then eventually the goal is to have an entire wardrobe of clothes. So anything where height is a factor in fit, if our customers can't find the perfect fit for them, we want to make and design it better. But it'll take some time to get there. Absolutely. Uh, where did the idea for Ashenary come from? So Eric and myself are both shorter guys and it really came from a personal problem. Um, to be honest, when we first, Eric and I were both ready for the next step in our careers and we were talking about ideas. We knew we wanted to start a company. So why not, let's try it. We spent some time in another startup, let's, let's do it. And we had these horrible ideas, mostly around tech, but we had no experience with it. You know, HR software, things that um, were just not the right people for. And eventually one of my mentors through Venture for America, a program that we were both a part of, they said, think about problems in your own life. And the true story is that I texted my then girlfriend, now fiance, and I said, she knew me well, and I said, what do I complain about the most? And fortunately, she answered right away and said, I hate shopping with you. And that was really the light bulb moment where I realized, that's true. I go shopping, spend an hour at the store, at the mall, walk away empty-handed. If I'm lucky enough to find something that fits, I stop at the tailor, spend $30, wait a week. And then again, I get something that kind of works, but it's not a great process. 
And so I went to Eric, who's even a couple inches taller than me, and I said, hey, I can never find clothes that fit. Nothing's made for shorter guys. He said, yeah, I have the same problem for most items too. Talked to our friends and family and realized that it wasn't just us. Every single guy, five and below, had to hem every pair of pants they purchased, had to tailor most of their shirts. And from that experience, said, all right, no one is making clothes for us. We have the need. Our friends, our family, everyone we talk to has a problem. Let's try to figure out the apparel industry. Let's go and do it. And I think what's the most exciting about what we're doing is that it always starts with solving problems. We know our customers can't make clothes that they want. They want to look good. They want designs that work. But at the same time, they just want to be able to put some clothes on and walk out and enjoy their life like everybody else. And I think knowing that we're fixing a problem that we have, knowing that every single item we make, we can wear and we're excited to wear, is something that's been really nice. So, you didn't have apparel industry background, so how do you even start designing clothes, figuring out the different materials, just the whole shebang, how do you even start learning that? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I think it's funny, looking back now at what we did versus what we would do now that we're more knowledgeable and, and I think it, it's, it's a different answer. Um, originally, without apparel experience, we did two things. Number one is that we found advisors who were experts in the industry, people we could learn from. Um, we met people that had been in the New York fashion industry for decades that understood menswear, they were shorter guys themselves, excited about what we were doing, and we learned as much as we could from them. We, we used their connections and their expertise to make our first round of clothes, and we continue to keep in touch with a lot of those folks because even though we've learned quite a bit these last few years, we know that we're still not the experts, and they are. They studied it, they've worked in the industry, they know what they're doing, and those are the people we go to first. Second is that we talk to our customers. Um, before we launched, we the true story is that we had hundreds of fittings with shorter guys of all shapes and sizes, and we bought traditional clothes off the rack, we had samples made, and we had guys all the way from extra small through 2XL, a varying range of heights, except all shorter, and we said, what do you think of these clothes? And got feedback. We honestly would go on the streets, find a guy that's shorter, saying, hey, come to our apartment, have a beer, try on some clothes. Right. And it was funny, And but for the most part, it worked. And um, by working with so many guys, talking to them face-to-face, -face, seeing how clothes fit on them, asking them what they wanted differently, that data was crucial in designing our fit. And we do constantly look at what we can do to improve. We take customer feedback very seriously. I read every email from customers still. And if we constantly see things that people are saying like, hey, I love your shirts, but I wish X, Y, and Z, then we'll do that. I know, for example, we've never had pockets in our shirts. And we have had enough people ask us, and that's something that um, coming next month, we'll have a few options that do have pockets now. Yeah. And so we really know how important it is. And the luxury of being a smaller company is that you can talk to your customers and you can know what they want. It's funny you mentioned that. I really like shirts without pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I personally am indifferent. I, I could take them either way, but I think some of our customers that are used to a pocket, they actually use it for practical purposes, and yeah. so they wanted it. So we're excited to finally have an option for them. Uh, and really the goal for us is, look, if you're a shorter guy and you're coming to us, we want to make sure that we're not turning you away because we don't have a style. We don't have an option that you like. Our goal and our value is in fit and in helping shorter guys. And if we find a guy who could fit well in our clothes, but doesn't end up having, uh, we don't have a style that they like, then that's that's a missed opportunity for us to work with. So we want to have a variety of options so that everybody that comes to us that fits our height demographic can have something they want. So uh, something that's very exciting is you guys were on Shark Tank, uh, for people that don't know. Uh, and I mean, that's a huge thing, especially coming from a company that's from Detroit. Detroit doesn't get a lot of representation from Hunter, sure. right? And uh, 
I mean, it's, it's clear to me, you know, the way that you talk about how you started the company and um, how you were prototyping and all of that, um, and, you know, you would be on that show. But can you talk to me about how that process went, like how nervous you were and how it went afterwards and how you felt? Yeah, absolutely. So Shark Tank, there's a lot of behind the scenes that you don't see. Obviously, it takes a while um, with the application process and everything that goes into it. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, I think we really weren't that nervous and we were just excited by the time we were finally filming. Um, I think one big thing that really helped is that we were a part of other programs and accelerators before we went on the show. So we were part of the Adventure for America Accelerator. It's a great nonprofit that works with recent college grads that want to eventually start companies of their own. And they had an accelerator program where it was a lot of mentorship, training, support, and a lot of pitching to potential investors and putting that together. We're through a Techstars program. They have a pre-accelerator of sorts. Um, and again, five weeks, or six weeks of every single week you go up and pitch in front of a ton of people who have entrepreneurs and investors. They give you feedback rapidly and you get better the next time. And the Desai Accelerator, a program through the University of Michigan, they actually invested $50,000 into us um, our first full year in business. And that was, again, more opportunities to pitch potential investors to get feedback. And so having all those experiences and those programs that help us and say, all right, here's what to do better, that's, that was the practice that we needed to go on a show like Shark Tank and be pretty comfortable. Um, and then ultimately they make it, it's a real conversation. I mean, those are, it's a real pitch to real investors. Everything we see, nothing is staged. And um, ultimately I think that we kept it lighthearted and we were very positive in what we were saying. Um, so if there was any negative feedback or something that you know, someone didn't like on the show, we, we didn't want to try to be negative or defensive. We, we understand where they're coming from. There are real risks to every business, and ours has it too. Um, but we believe in the opportunity, and we want to share that with everybody. So it was it was exciting. I think we thought we would be more nervous than we actually were, and it was one of those things where it's, you realize it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's it's somewhat surreal and um, bizarre to go through it all and see the person when you watch it on TV for so long. Um, but it's a it's a great real pitch, and I respect what the show does in supporting entrepreneurship and in giving business like us an opportunity to work with these. Uh, amazing investors. Yeah. Did, did that exposure help you guys? For sure. I mean, look, our goal as a business is to design the best possible clothes and eventually have an entire wardrobe, and it's to get as many guys as possible to try it on. I think we're an e-commerce apparel business, and you can boil it down and really design and make great clothes and find customers who want to wear those options. And that's, that's what we think live and breathe every day. And so the second part of it, the finding customers, that's hard for any brand. It's hard for major brands to find new customers, but as a smaller company, it's even tougher. We don't have huge marketing budgets. We don't have, you know, we can't work with an athlete or someone that everybody knows who's shorter. Um, you know, Kevin Hart, if he wants to find us, we'd love to work with him, but you know, we don't quite have the budget or the, the size to make that happen. Um, but having a show like Shark Tank that reaches a national audience, it's just an amazing exposure for a brand that's so early and young like us. And we've been really excited to welcome thousands of new customers to the brand since we've aired. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to grow, and that was really one way to You don't need a Shark Tank to, to get there, but for us it definitely helped. I think it made things move a little faster, which always helps. Yeah. And so, um, you know, a part of this is... Hey, Davis. Hey. <laughs> um, a part of this is, uh, you know, offering tangible advice to people that are you know, listening or right? Um, and so, as a startup, what challenges have you faced in the apparel industry as a whole? And then what challenges and obstacles have you faced uh, growing a company in Detroit? 
Yeah, there are, I mean, there are a lot of unique challenges. There's a lot of challenges for every startup. I mean, it's funny. I feel like every company I talk to is like, oh man, I don't know if I could ever do this industry again. It's so tough. Yeah. Um, but you go to the next industry and it's the same thing, right? If you're a B2B company, you're trying to sell enterprises, it could take a year, and that's always a struggle. If you're B2C, there's so many things. Um, I think for us, being an apparel brand is, is interesting. The apparel landscape's changing quite a bit. There's a lot of old brick and mortar brands and stores that are closing. Everything's moving online. People in general are spending less of their income on clothing. They, um, fast fashion is really taking over with lower cost goods that are as high quality. And that has its own ethical and environmental concerns as well as um, pricing implications. And for us, I think these are always things that we're thinking about. But being a small apparel brand, I think because we're all online, because we're e-commerce, the plus is that no time in history until now has it been as easy to make a new brand and spread the word, right? We can build a website at a low cost. We can advertise through traditional channel or channels like Facebook and Google um, at effectively lower cost. 30 years ago, we have to go and purchase TV ads and spend a million dollars on servers for your website, right? Or it, didn't, it wasn't even possible. That'd be 20, 15 years ago. And so that part's amazing and exciting, but making clothes is still difficult, right? Um, it takes a lot of expertise to design items, to the manufacturing process is very manual, there's real people selling every part of your garment, it's not robots making it yet. And then with so many people doing that, there's things that could go wrong, and um, I think not having industry know-how and manufacturing any good uh, is it's just, it can always be a challenge. I think in Detroit in particular, it's an amazing place to start a company. Um, for us, I think the most important thing is the startup community has been really supportive. Um, everybody we have spoken with or used to work with or we've talked to, it's, they're always willing to help. And you're not a diamond dust in here. People truly care about what you're doing and want you to succeed. If one company is successful in Detroit, it helps everybody else get on the radar, it helps them um, and build the connections they need to be helpful. So, Detroit's incredible in that way. Um, you know, people talk about the practical side of it, low cost of living, things like that. It does help. If we were in New York in our first two years not paying ourselves, trying to get off the ground, it's a lot tougher in a variety of ways. Um, but at the end of the day, the supportive community and being happy in the city has been has made a wonderful difference. I think apparel in Detroit is a challenge. Now, if you're in a New York or Los Angeles, you have an industry around you. You can walk to the fabric suppliers' offices and have them ship through things. You can meet more people face to face. And so that's a struggle. We, we do have more relationships in New York than love for those people to be in Detroit, but we just can't find the kind of expertise here. Um, you, know, you know, the only large apparel brand local to us is Carhartt, and they're fantastic, but we've worked with some of the folks over there, and at least they've helped us and given us some direction. Um, but, you know, in, in cities that have more companies, you just find more people that have the know-how. Um, but ultimately, we think Detroit's worth it. We're very, very happy to be here, and um, regardless of all of that, it's just important to us. If we can be one of those companies to lead the way, to show that you don't have to be in the New York or San Francisco or Los yeah. Angeles to start a company, we'd be thrilled. And um, if nothing else, we're glad that with our story we can share Detroit with people. Absolutely. And so what kind of, I mean on that note, what kind of advice would you have for um, people looking to start some kind of company here? Whether it is an apparel company or tech company, it doesn't really matter, but uh, you want to get involved in the Detroit ecosystem, where can you start? For sure. It's just about finding the right people. I think there are a variety of companies and a variety of startups in Detroit, and we spent the first few years of our career working for another startup, a tech company. Eric and I both worked together, that's how we met. 
And that was huge. We got to see the, the pros and cons of that company. We saw them grow and shrink and grow and pivot and all the things that happened to startups, the, the awesome wonderful opportunities and the scary hard challenges. We saw it firsthand and we saw how the leadership handled it there and we could learn from that experience. So if you want to start something from a learn about an industry or a company, then work in another startup. Spend that time learning. You're, you're getting paid to do it. You're around wonderful people. You're meeting people in the community. And that's definitely the best way to do it. If you have an idea and you're ready to go for it, I think the biggest thing is finding the right people. Absolutely. I can guarantee there's someone in the city who has tried to do or has done what you want to do before. And it's just about getting connected with them. And it's a super supportive place. And uh, you know, reaching out, even just sending a cold email to three founders and three companies that have done something similar what you want to do and talking to them, people are generally receptive to that. Um, and then lastly is you can do a lot more than I think most people think by working part-time on the side. So don't be afraid if you have a day job to try to figure out the, the side hustle, as they say, on nights and weekends. We, had to, we did that for a little while. I think we actually could have gone even longer before we went full-time on Ash and Eerie. At a certain point, you have to. We want to, you know, we're 100% committed to this. We don't focus on anything else because we know that it, we want to make Ash and Eerie successful. But um, if you have a day job, if you have an idea, you can, there are ways to test it. There's ways to validate and work on it that are smaller and that are um, more at your pace. And it's okay to do that first. Don't feel like you have to uh, commit at a higher level. And then otherwise, just go for it. There's really no harm depending on what you're doing. And giving it a try, if it fails you, there's not a lot of risk. Absolutely. I think, I actually think the gig economy is a testament to that as well. For sure. And people are working on all these different things. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I do. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. I mean, yeah. some people love it. It's great. Some people want that structure, and it's totally okay either way. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a lot of work, no matter what. But I think there's a lot that you can do modern day if you have some sort of tech component, or even validating idea, finding customers that matter. Yeah. And look, if you if nothing else, go talk to 50 potential customers. You'll learn something from them. You can do you can talk to one person a night for. Um, what apps, softwares, workflow designs do you <laughs> live by, um, or that have you have you found that have helped you uh, very much? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, I feel like so Shopify is what our website is built on. Most yeah. e-commerce companies are built in Shopify. They're great. We obviously live out of there. Any all customer information is based there, and um, you know we know how important it is to, to manage that process effectively. I personally use Wonderlist as a to-do list. It's a great app, it integrates nicely with phone and computer, um, and that's something I don't think I can personally live without. Um, let's see. I think that's most of it. There, we I mean, we are a tech company in a lot of ways. We view ourselves as it. We use a lot of different tools and software, but I think it's just about what is your team comfortable with and what do you want to do. I know I personally use Evernote, big fan of that. Um, for email marketing, which is a, a big part of a, a business like ours, we use a software called Clavio. Mm -hmm. Again, very happy with them. I know they're not a common company, they're not a MailChimp or a SendGrid, but they uh, do a really nice job in helping us design the best possible emails for our customers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll stop there. Okay. Um, what does Ash and Yuri have coming up that you're really excited about in the next year, in the next couple of years, um, that you want to talk about? 
Yeah, the goal for us is, is always those two sides of it. Design the best possible clothes and then share our story with more guys. Our goal is eventually that every shorter guy in America can try at least one of our items. And on the clothing side, we are always looking to release new options. And next month we have more colors and some new cuts coming, which we're very excited to announce. Hopefully by the time this is out, it'll be even closer. And then later this year, um, in the fall, we'll have a few new core items as well. I'm not going to say what they are quite yet, but I think most of our customers are pretty excited to have. Really, we're getting to the point of rounding out a wardrobe nicely instead of having a couple of key items. Um, and then we're always looking to spread the word. I think that if most of our business has been online so far, so Facebook and Google and things like that, but word of mouth has been huge. Um, people just hearing about us from Shark Tank or things like this even, and then telling their friends and family about it. And it's just amazing how much that word of mouth makes a big difference for small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question that I'd like to end on is, uh, what makes Detroit so special to you? Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, so Detroit, our name actually is inspired by Detroit. So ash comes from the city's motto, we will rise from the ashes. And Erie is a tribute to the region. And I think from the start, we knew we wanted to be based in Detroit. It's not a typical place for a fashion company. It doesn't necessarily make sense from what you've seen before. But it's important to us to be in Detroit. We don't want Detroit to overshadow the core value of what we're doing as a company, clothes for shorter guys. That's the we and breathe. But it's an important part of our story. It's an important part of who we are. And I think for us, it's that the community and the grid and support in Detroit is really something that we haven't seen elsewhere. People are truly supportive. We all know that uh, by helping each other and being successful, it's going to support it. And I think that it's really refreshing to um, you know, be, in some ways, a, a big fish in a smaller pond and not a dime a dozen. You know, in New York, there's 100 fashion brands that are trying to get off the ground. In Detroit, there's a handful. And I, I, I hope all the ones in New York do well, and I know the struggles they're going through. Um, and that's a challenge, but for us, I think Detroit is just a much happier place to be. Uh, you know, as a startup founder, as someone that started community that's so supportive, I really can't imagine starting anywhere else given the support we have, given the community, and given that we're, we're able to really focus here and get what we done. Um, find the right people around us to work together. In that kind of thing. Uh, for people wanting to know how they can connect with you, where can they find you? Yep, so for Ash and Erie, gotta do a plug, ashandeerie.com, A-S-H-A-N-D-E-R-I-E.com. Um, we, I read every single email that comes through to our support line as well, and then people can feel free to send me an email, Stephen with a V at ashandeerie.com. If they're in Detroit, always happy to meet in person. Um, you don't have to be a shorter guy. Happy to talk about your idea, what you're doing, and point in the right direction for any resources that have been supportive for us. And I mean, look, we've, we've been around for a couple of years now and are excited by how much we've grown, but there's a long way to go. There's a lot of startups here that um, have been doing it for longer and are, are also very successful. So I think if I'm not the right person to uh, help in any way, then you know, always, always, always happy to connect to the people who are. And it really is an amazing city to be in. Cool. Well, Stephen, I appreciate you coming on the show. And it's a pleasure talking to you. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, until next time, guys, stay tuned. Thanks again. Cool. Is that what you're looking for? That's exactly what I was looking for. Cool. <laughs>